I was never so furious. I was beside myself because what he had done was so egregious, so dumb. I'm going away. I'm going away. I'm going away from home. I'm going away. I'm this is the Summer Camp Chronicles, a podcast where one camp old timer and one young camp professional explore what makes summer camp so special to so many people. This season, we're featuring your camp stories. Join us on the podcast to tell us about your camp experiences, everything from the funniest and most inspirational to the grossest and most embarrassing. Check out our latest topic prompts and submit your story at summercampchronicles.com. Episode five. Uh, hey, where are we? This this season is really rolling. Like, what what episode are we up to? We're in episode six. Well, we had like four. We had four regular episodes, and then yep. Thanksgiving week we put out a, a mini episode of Allison and reconnecting her, trying to reconnect her with her counselor who she wronged. That's right. So we're kind of yeah, episode six ish. But we are rolling, and like the the prompts and the stories have been really good. But I just want to not miss this opportunity Eric to like remind listeners like if you're listening and enjoying it please if you have stories just hop on our website and just like hit any of the prompts even if you think it's silly we're going to read it and, and, and get back to you if we think it's got some substance to it I guess it's a great point if, if you like listening to this you're going to love being on the podcast because we edit these interviews down like we have so yeah. much fun talking to people way beyond what you actually hear in the final episodes yeah and so if you love talking about camp or if you have a topic that we haven't even put out there yet but you're like oh I got a great story about something else Go on that form and, and send it in. We'd love to hear it. We also want to welcome feedback. I don't know. Do we want people to email us being like, we want more of this or we want less of this? That'd yeah, be interesting. I, I love positive feedback. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to tell us how great we are and how much you enjoy it, do it. If you hate the podcast, fuck off. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. Well, first um, tell all your friends about it and then fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm enjoying this. I'm excited for you know the next few episodes, the prompts that are coming. Um, but what have we got today? Today, we have stupidest staff decision. The dumbest mm. thing you've seen a staff member do, or if you were a staff member yourself, maybe the dumbest thing you've done. Yeah, there's loads. What Not that you, I man? made a lot of I didn't make many dumb staff decisions. I think that personally, the stupidest ones I feel like I made are the ones I didn't make. Like, wh- why did I not go out and do A, B, and C? Or why did I not? Like, on my first summer, I didn't even go out with all the staff on the final night of camp. I went to good, bed. Good for you. But I want to hear, like, have you got anything on your mind, Eric, that uh, can relate to this topic? Yeah. I think some staff decisions that are stupid end up not only turning out okay, but actually create good memories for kids. Right. So as an adult in retrospect, I can look back and say, I can't believe you did that. And that there was risk there. But as yep. a camper who was witnessed it, it was the coolest thing ever. So oh, interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, like that that summer I talked about in season one a lot, 1986, it was this big summer for me. And and it was this transformative year and it was a great group and everything. I don't know if you remember one of the details of that summer is that there was a three-day traverse, a hiking trip that I did not go on. So instead I went on a three-day canoe traverse. And oh, and I, I do, I th- like I looking back, I feel like I missed this incredible hiking traverse on Twins and Bonds and they still talk about it and it was like really cool. But that, the canoeing traverse was great too. We, we spent three days in the Connecticut River. Uh, so we just like put the canoes in the river and then 
over the course of three days, we camped twice on the you know, on the banks and then sort of continued down the river. And so you get pretty far in a canoe, which is pretty cool. And the waterfront guy who led the trip along with one of our cabin counselors, who's like this legendary guy at camp. And we found out years and years later, this was the old days before they did like background checks and stuff. He wasn't even 18. I think he lied about his age on his oh. application. Um, but he was really fun and, and everybody loved him and extremely hairy. I remember that about him. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so he was like in charge of this trip. Young guy, younger than he even should have been. And I remember that uh, this was August. And so we're going down the Connecticut River and we're passing all of these fields of corn. And of course, we're going to camp out that night and build a fire and have dinner. And, you know, we had some food with us, but it was like, it was like hiking food that you can carry with you. So it was, you know, like tuna in a can or whatever. Right. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, hang on a second. Let's go, let's go over to the side of the river. So we pulled over, we like tied up onto some, you know, weeds or whatever. And he just runs, disappears like into the field. And so we're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Doesn't come back. All of a sudden, it's, it's just like the movies. All of a sudden we hear we hear like yelling coming oh, from, from, from inside the, the stalks of the, you know, of the field. And he comes, he comes running out like a cartoon character, arms full of corn on the cob yelling, go, go get, untie the canoes. Get, let's go. Because there's literally like a, a farmer chasing him probably with no. a shotgun. <laughs> so he went up there what? and stole the corn out of some guy's field and like, you know, like jumps in the canoe, like throws the corn down on the bottom. It's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so we, you know, like get back on the river and that night we had corn, corn. in the cob, you know, fresh in the fire. And it was amazing. Like to me, like it's, it's legend, right? It's like this guy, yeah. this cool thing. It was so funny. And was it a stupid decision? Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. stealing and he like got chased. The, the funny thing is about, about that is the risk benefit analysis is so off. Like if he's stealing yeah. something that's like so worth it, like you're stealing like a new canoe or like you're stealing, I don't endorse stealing, but corn, <laughs> like you could go anywhere and steal corn, but that is so right. funny. But I, I know that he wasn't feeling... doing it for the value of the stolen good, right. right? He was doing it because I think he thought it'd be fun for us. And it yeah. was. Yeah. And then you're not going to, as soon as you know, you're getting chased. Like this guy's like, get off my property. You hear the crack of a shotgun or like the, <laughs> what's it called? I, I don't know guns. Like when you cock it, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. That, that, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you cock the shotgun, <laughs> but uh, that is when it amplifies and turns into like this. Oh, there's nothing, nothing more thrilling than getting chased. I don't no. want it to get, get on a tangent, but getting chased oh, yeah. is, and I think that's why our kids all the time love sneaking out. Like half the time on the last night of the camp, they want to sneak out because they want to get chased by right, stuff right. to get back in. And that's thrilling. I remember being a kid doing the knock and run um, and you know, just getting chased by people being like, get off my property. You'll stop, you know, stop banging it's, on it, my goddamn door. I think door it's the same energy as, as like extreme sports or, mm. or like any risk taking, you know, like, your yeah. heart starts beating. You don't want to get caught, but you want to be almost caught. Yeah. The adrenaline. And those yeah. kind of stupid stuff decisions, of course, they are we they're our worst nightmares, camp directors. And not that I agree with it. I understand it a little bit more because the frontal lobe's not developed. And if you see a 19-year-old that I mean, I'll give some examples. Like some I see at camp is like you'll see a staff member standing on the back of a trailer during pre-camp and they're like surfing the back of the trailer. They're jumping from the trailer to the back of the the, the truck bed. Like that is just stu stu stupidity exemplified. Right. And you can't do it. And it's a stupid stuff decision that staff are going to do. But I had one last year that was just str straight up blatant dumb. Wasn't adrenaline chasing. This guy was an absolute bell end. 
And it was an absolute what? Bell end. It's just, I don't even know what that, I just have used it all my life. That's Australian. I think it's it's Australian or British. For idiot. Just an idiot. Yeah. So what happened was this summer, there was one night where it was a huge storm. And in Michigan, we get these crazy thunderstorms, tornado warnings coming off Lake Michigan from the West. And uh, everyone got evacuated back to their cabins. Kids are freaking out. Like, this is scary. The alarms are going off on their phones, being like severe weather warning. And at camp, we use an app um, that every all the staff members will log on to. And that's how the directors and leadership will message people. It's, okay. it's similar to Facebook or like a social media app, but it's more for a professional platform. Mm-hmm. And this guy... As we are all sheltering in place and the directors, uh, you know, going over the PA, hang tight, please stay away from windows. Like this is a serious, um, you know, it's part of our emergency action plan. We had activated it. Like this is a big storm. This dickhead gets onto the the, the staff platform, which everyone can see, including yeah. the directors and goes and, and posts. I don't care if cars are flying. I'm not missing my fucking night off tonight. Wow. And posts it. Wow. So in the heat, of all of this, we've got kids in the office crying, anxious. We've got parents calling, being like, "Is everything okay? Have buildings collapsed?" This absolute wanker is posted on the, this stuff, you know, platform, which is right. for professional purposes. Like, hey, right. schedule change tomorrow. Hey, just a reminder, everyone wear a Hawaiian T-shirt for Friday. This guy posted, "I don't care if cars are flying. I'm not missing my fucking night off tonight. I'm going." Wow. And linking to angry camp directors, that was one time I was like, "Why did I firstly hire this guy and secondly?" <laughs> You uh, did he get a permanent night off? <laughs> he didn't get a permanent night off. He uh, one beautiful thing about it was there was some peer accountability. Like there was a hundred staff that were like, "You're an idiot." Like, yeah. firstly, this isn't funny. Secondly, you need to delete this post straight away. Thirdly, we think the directors have already seen the post. So he was very apologetic after that. But like, that's just a kind of silly, stupid example of like our staff are not full grown adults that make great decisions all the time. Um. So I'm interested to hear in this episode if we have any you know guests that can share the same you know stories in the same vein. Um, I've got one that I'm bringing on today, Eric, that I'm excited for you to meet because his stupid staff decisions are accidental, but still stupid. Yeah. Um, so I think we we should jump into it and see what we get. Okay. And and my guest, I'll just say now, they're totally different perspective. So you're bringing someone on who was part of that decision. And yeah. I am bringing on a a veteran, long time now retired camp director, and just asking that question, open ended question. Like he's seen it, he's seen everything a million times. Yeah, and we'll see what he comes up with as the, the most dumb decision that he's ever seen a staff member make. Perfect. Let's do it. Gav, what's going on, brother? How's it going? Hey, good to meet you. Thanks for coming on. So, Gavin, tell us a little bit about a stupid staff decision that happened to you at camp. Okay. <laughs> So one day at camp, I I was a canteen manager. And for and, those that uh, don't know what canteen is, Gavin, explain quickly what like what what is a canteen? Canteen is like the candy shop for all camp kids and counselors. And so they'll come in there like at two o'clock every day, and they'll pick one snack, one drink, and then just and then there's a big line, and then they come in, they come out, and that's how that works. Yeah. Okay. So your job was what to like keep it stocked and like and do that distribution of, of stuff and make sure yes. everyone's getting with it. Okay, got it. Yep. And then uh so one day at camp, I was working with the athletic director. Um, he was helping me out in the canteen. And so I said he said to me, Why don't you take these uh bags of chips over to uh the cooking place? And so I put the bag on the golf cart. The golf cart was outside, I put it down there, and 
before I knew it, I looked down on the ground and the golf cart ran over my foot. And I just realized that the golf, that the bag of chips fell on the golf cart gas pedal when it was in, uh, it wasn't in neutral, it was in forward. Oh, so the got the, the box of chips fell and like became the driver of the golf cart. Exactly. Yes. Gavin wasn't oh. in the golf cart. Gavin yeah, it was ran just loading. Over, so it ran over my foot. And of course it can run after it. Cause all I was thinking was pain. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing next thing i knew i uh, i saw my i saw i was in trouble i saw my job um was lost at that moment and i'm freaking out and saying will somebody go get that golf cart somebody go get it someone's gonna get killed well, out it here. describes this guy where did the golf cart go it runs over your foot and then what what's the path it went down all the way downfield on on like the golf course so you're loading up this golf cart and i'll paint a little bit of a picture because i know exactly where this is at camp this is next to the our driving range. And a lot of camps will have like a driving, a golf driving range with a net. Ours isn't. Ours is about a like a 220 yard driving range of just straight grass. It's a huge paddock. Yes. And Gavin's golf cart was facing to out towards the driving range. So it, it was in a perfect position. The moment this box landed on the pedal, runs over Gavin's foot, it's got 220, 250 yards of open space. Of Thank just God, going. right? I mean, it could have been like a group of kids sitting on the grass playing duck, duck, goose or something. Totally. Funniest thing was it runs over your foot, yeah. it goes over the, the driving range. Kids, and Eric, this was so magical. There are about seven kids chasing this golf cart. Gavin attempted first, but it is going quick. Like this is a you know a modern electric golf cart, pedal to the metal, and kids are chasing this. And at the end of the golf course is so the driving range is just woods. It's just you know, dense trees and bushes. These kids are chasing this, they realize they're not catching it, and this golf cart is going full pelt at the woods and at this point i see gavin in the middle of the driving range deflated golf cart drives into the woods and makes a hole if you can imagine like a hedge <laughs> and you throw a football into the hedge and it just leaves a hole this was the same thing on a bigger scale in the woods like it hits <laughs> the trees and the bushes and we lose sight of the golf cart and there's just a huge ca like cave in the woods of where our golf cart has gone so it's not you don't um, even necessarily know that it crashed into a tree it's it's just disappeared into this yeah yeah. yeah. And eventually yeah. came to a halt. Yeah. Um, and Gavin, the funniest thing is you, you said the same line that I think you said to me probably four or five times this summer. And what was the first thing you asked me when you came up to me? Am I fired? So, you know, when, when we talk about stupid staff decisions, of course, I, I made a lot of them in my life. And uh, as you know, a lot of them happened at this one particular camp where I grew up and worked for a long time. See season one. And I am so excited, Ben, to tell you about our next guest who's going to talk about one of the stupidest staff decisions that they've seen because awesome. it's it's my old camp director, Bill Dorfman. No way. Yeah, we got I'm him. Excited. Yeah. Great. This, this is a huge name. This is a big name. There, so there are um, there's literally an award given out once a year in the New York area that's called the Legends of Camping. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, maybe like, 25 people have gotten it ever bill and jancy dorfman are literally legends of camping amazing well i can't wait let's get him in because i'm sure he's going to have some uh some belter stories let's do it so let, let me begin with the stupidest thing that ever happened with a staff member at camp and it was stupid it was frightening it was unbelievable and it goes like this, a very, very, very bright member of our hiking and camping staff 
um, a uh, graduate of Princeton, a, an individual who had the high, the most highest rating you can have for leading outdoor wilderness trips. He had, he had every credential you can imagine. He took a group of 12-year-old boys on a um, three-day traverse hiking trip. Actually, it was a four-day because it was three nights. And um, the weather turned bad. It was raining. It was cold. They were in the presidentials. And about four in the morning, our night watchman called me and said, uh, I, I have uh, the uh, ranger from whatever mountain area on the phone. And he has a group of boys who have just wandered into uh, the ranger area. And they're with their counselor. I said, really, is everyone all right? He said, yes, everyone is all right. But they broke into two groups and the we don't know where the other group is with a counselor. I was not worried in the sense that they're in the presidentials. Uh, they're going they're going to be found, found. As you know, Eric, there are lots of trails. You're not going to get permanently lost if you know anything in the presidentials. We sent a van out to get them. The other group had arrived and brought them back to camp. And I brought him into my office and said, what, what happened? And he said, well, Bill, you know, it had been raining all the night before, a good part of the day. We made camp, uh, and after we made camp, uh, ev everybody was wet and unhappy, and we started talking about leaving early. And um, I said, really? I, he, I said, well, wasn't it dark? And he said, yes, it was dark and rainy, and everybody was unhappy. So I said, isn't it a, a fundamental rule of camping that you, you don't hike at night, and you don't hike at night, especially if it's raining and wet and cold, uh, and you're hiking down. I don't one of the, the Lafayette, one of the mountains, and it was, uh, and it was miserable. He said, "Well, he said yes, that's true, but the boys took a vote, and I decided we based on the vote we had to leave, and hike down in the middle of the night." I said, "Well, there were ten or eleven boys, two counselors." I said, you have 100,000 votes. <laughs> I, said, I said, I never heard of, of uh, uh, you, you voted, each of you were equal. You knew it was wrong. You were the leader and you took a vote? And he said, yes, we, th we, we thought it was the fair democratic thing to do. I was never so furious. I was beside myself. Because what he had done was so egregious, so dumb. But I've got to ask, Bill, with this, with these two groups, what was the outcome? The ranger called your night watchman or security guard at camp. Yes, and the, it sounds like you said that the groups have been split up, like six and six, and right. with both. Exactly. What had happened? Uh, he said they thought it would be safer <laughs> if they if they weren't one big group that it could be managed better. He was with one group, the other with the other group, and they would. They, they would leave some time between them and that would be the supervision would be better than having 12 people strung out. 
Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, this was this was potentially a very awful thing that could have happened. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah I mean, you have one counselor with six kids. Uh, well, you know what happens uh, if something happens? And who do you does the counselor leave and leave kids there and leave kids alone? Do you do you, do you send kids to you? These are kids. So yeah. did these guys, when they got back to camp, understand the severity of their decision? And, and oh, oh yeah, they understood yeah. it intellectually, right? But they didn't buy into it because everybody was wet and cold, right? So they understood it. He understood it. But Bill, we were wet. We were cold. We'd been out, you know, for two days. It was raining. Well, you want to come down? <coughs> excuse me. Come down at first light, right? I'm not going to be upset with you. It has. It's been cold. It's been rainy. They're twelve-year-old boys. Uh, do you have to stay out and be cold and wet for another day? Come down at first light. We'll pick you up. I want to linger a little longer. A little the Summer Camp Chronicles is hosted by me, Eric Sassone, and by Ben Jerez. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends, give us a five-star rating, and write your review. It will all help us share the podcast with other camp lovers like you. Follow us on Instagram at Summer Camp Chronicles and email us at summercampchronicles at gmail.com. Most importantly, check out our website regularly at summercampchronicles.com to find out our most recent set of prompts and to submit your story to come on the podcast with us. The music for the podcast was provided by Lisa Loeb. Lisa is a huge fan of camp, and she graciously allowed us to use her songs on the Summer Camp Chronicles. These and a bunch of other great camp songs are available on her album, Camp Lisa. Proceeds from the sale of that album are donated to help underprivileged children attend summer camps. We hope you'll check it out. As the years go by, I'll think of you inside. This is good night and not goodbye. Here with you I wanna live